0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner and this is Monday. I pray you had a great weekend and I declare to you in the name of Jesus, this is going to be an awesome week for you. I really believe that. But tonight, Denise and I are going to continue talking to you about Foundations of Faith. So I want you to go to our website, renner.org, and get your free download. Friends, please do this. I work so hard, me and my team, we really work hard on these study guides, and it's free. All you have to do is go online at renner.org and download it. It is our gift to you. And when you get this study guide, I think you're going to be so stunned to see what all is in this study guide, it's pages and pages and pages and pages of information. It's going to really help you. You know, Denise, one reason I started these study guides is because so much of the modern charismatic movement really doesn't have verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible, and they don't have any form of Sunday school or home group. They don't have any kind of systematic teaching of the Bible. But when you and I grew up in the Baptist church, we had our Sunday school quarterly. Quarterlies. And we read them every Sunday. I was so committed to reading my quarterly that even if I didn't get to read it until I was in the car on the way to church, I was going to read my quarterly. Do you know why I was going to yes, read my quarterly? Yes, because you
1: wanted to check.
0: I wanted to check the box on the envelope. On the
1: envelope.
0: Because we were Southern Baptists. And when you were a member of the church, the Southern Baptists gave you a box of envelopes, I believe for one quarter. And on every envelope were all these little boxes. For example, did you go to Wednesday night? Yes, you can check that. Did you go to training union? You can check that. Did you read your Bible? You can check that. Did you go on visitation? Probably you don't even know what that is. You can check that. And there was a little box, did you read your Sunday school lesson? I always wanted to check the box. And you know, those quarterlies really made a difference in my life. Well, the modern charismatic movement, has no quarterlies. They have no unified teaching that they can hold in their hands like this. And one day I realized, well, why don't you just write the material for the church? Why why not just write it? And that's what this is. It'd be great for a Bible study, a home group, discipling somebody just for you. And my friends, it is free. So please take advantage of it, renner.org. And we're also offering you the whole series. It's 10 parts, Honey, it is really loaded. It's called What You Need to Know to Become a Mature Believer, Foundations of Faith. It comes in multiple formats. And today and tomorrow, we're also offering you Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one and number two. Denise, what do you want to say about these books?
1: Well, I love them. I love them, and I was reading in that two nights ago. Yeah? In Sparkling Gems about agape love.
0: You know, Denise, I wrote these, but I leave them on the table in front of me where I do all of my study because they're valuable to me. Mm -hmm. You know, when you write books this size, you can't always remember everything you wrote. But I'm telling you, I really percolated through these Greek words. And what I put on the pages of these books, you can count on it. It is teaching. You can trust. And even I use them. And if you need a really good reference tool, these will help you. They're really daily devotionals.
1: Yeah, and people we in our meetings, people have come to us and they they hold it they hold it in their hand and they say we use this every night with our family and they sit down and read it with their children. It's so awesome.
0: It's so wonderful. And if you're a partner, thank you for being a partner. If you're not, please pray about joining us. When we call people partners, we really mean they are partners. With our ministry.
1: And we do not take it for granted that you take this time to be with us. And so thank you so much for being with us.
0: But let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6 and pick up where we left off Friday. Now, Friday, we were talking about the laying on of hands. We've been covering these central doctrines. The Bible says, Themelios, these are to be set in stone in your life. And if you don't know these, then you're not ready to pass into the next level of spiritual growth. That's how important these are. I asked in one previous program, what if some child said, I really want to be a brain surgeon? Well, that's good. That's good. Would you give them education or would you give them a scaffold and let them go ahead and start surgery? Of course not. You'd say, well, let's take it one step at a time. That's the way it is in spiritual growth. And many times, just because people are sincere, or they're talented, or they really show desire, we give them a scalpel. We immediately promote them when they don't have a spiritual foundation. You can't do that. Give them the ABCs first and let them be promoted one step at a time. By the way, that's the way God works. Sometimes people say, God works in strange and mysterious ways. No, He doesn't. That is a religious thought, that is nonsense. If you study the Bible, the way God works is very predictable. And God never bypasses important steps. You have to begin with the ABCs and let's read them. Hebrews chapter six, verse one says, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let's go on unto perfection. And then it lists what are the doctrines in verse two. It says repentance from dead works. We've already covered that. Then it says faith toward God. That is so important that if you don't really understand it, it may be that you're not even saved. A lot of people are in the church today and they're not saved. A lot of people. Then it says the doctrine of baptisms, plural. And we saw there actually are three baptisms. One most important, but there are three. We saw Friday night, the laying on of hands. It's very central. It's an important doctrine. And now there's two more. We're going to cover one tonight, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. But tonight we're going to talk about the resurrection of the dead. Let's talk about the word resurrection, Denise. In Greek, it is the word anastasis. The word ana means to repeat something or to do it again. The word stasis means to stand. When you compound the two words together, the word anastasis, the word Resurrection means to stand up again, to stand upright, or to be raised from the dead. It's the very word which Jesus used in John chapter 11, verse 25, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. That word resurrection is the word anastasis. And I'm going to read to you how you could paraphrase this. Jesus was literally saying, I am stand up power. Oh, I love that. Because if people have been knocked down, Jesus' resurrection He is stand-up power. If you've been knocked down or if you're dead, I have the power to put you on your feet again. I am the power that causes people to stand up again. Mm. But he wasn't just talking about being resurrected from a bad situation. Jesus was literally saying he is the power of literal resurrection from the dead. Now, the resurrection from the dead really is the cornerstone of our faith. Amen, Denise? Amen. You know, when people have no hope of a resurrection, they're just so hopeless. When I was first being trained in the ministry and Denise and I were first married, we were in a big Baptist church, and I was dispatched to do my first funeral. And I had quite an experience. It was an unsaved man, but the church was asked to do the funeral and everyone there was unsaved. The man who died was in his 60s, his mother was in her 80s, and because they were all unsaved, they had no hope whatsoever. She thought that when she saw that dead body, she would never see it again. And God is my witness. When that elderly woman in her 80s came in front of the casket in the funeral home, she was so overwhelmed with grief that before anybody knew what was happening, This elderly woman crawled inside the casket. Denise, if you had been there that day, you would have been gasping. Can you imagine you're conducting a funeral, and the mother of the deceased crawls in the casket? She was laying on top of the dead body, and she was beating it on the chest, saying, Speak to me, speak to me, how dare you leave me? I'm not going to let you go. And people had to pull her out of the casket, before we could continue. There's nothing worse than to go to a funeral where there's no hope. The resurrection is our hope. This life is not all there is. There's life beyond this, and the resurrection from the dead is a very important doctrine. Imagine how important it was in the New Testament when people were being slain for their faith all the time. They needed to know that was not the end. It is not your end either. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19 and 20, Paul says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, in other words, no resurrection, we are of all men most miserable, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept, which means Jesus was raised from the dead. It is a guarantee that we're going to be raised from the dead as well. Well, if you look at the whole history of resurrection, you find in the Old Testament, three people were raised from the dead. That's great, but they died again. If you come to the ministry of Jesus, you find in the whole ministry of Jesus, Jesus raised three people from the dead. Did you think it was more than that? Um, it was three. three. But guess what? Eventually they all died again. Then when you come to the book of Acts... Guess how many people were raised from the dead in the book of Acts? Three people. Isn't that amazing how uniform that is? Three in the Old Testament, three in the ministry of Jesus, three in the book of Acts. Nine people all together raised from the dead, but all of them died again. And in front of all of those people, there is going to be another resurrection and a future judgment. Tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about judgment. But when Jesus was resurrected, changed everything. Jesus conquered death, life, and for all. Hallelujah. And in the future, there are three different resurrections. Not one. There's going to be three resurrections. Okay, everybody say three. 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 You say three resurrections? This is why you need to know what the Bible says. Yeah, there's going to be three. Jesus refers to two of them, but when you come to the book of Revelation, you find another one. But, in John chapter 5, verse 29, Denise, let's go there in our Bibles. John 5, verse 29, I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Right from the lips of Jesus. John 5, 29, Jesus said, The dead will come forth, now listen to this, they that have done good, unto the resurrection of life. Resurrection number one. They that have done evil, unto the resurrection of the damned. So we find there's going to be a resurrection of the righteous and the resurrection of the righteous includes those that have walked by faith and those that have made Jesus the Lord of their life. That is the resurrection of the righteous and they will be raised to life. Then there's going to be a second resurrection and it's going to be the resurrection of the unsaved or the unrighteous and they're going to be resurrected to judgment and damnation. So if you think only Christians are going to be resurrected, you are wrong. Everybody's going to be resurrected. Nero will be resurrected. Joseph Stalin will be resurrected. Lenin will be resurrected. Hitler will be resurrected. They will all be resurrected from the dead. Most people have never thought about that. They just think that Christians are going to be resurrected. Well, there's going to be two resurrections. We're going to be resurrected first. First. Then there's going to be another resurrection of the righteous. I'm going to show you that in a minute. At the very end of the age, there's going to be a last resurrection when even the unsaved, the ungodly, the wicked, the sinners are going to be resurrected. Every person that has ever lived is going to be resurrected. Any comments, Denise?
1: Oh, I was thinking about the power of God because he is, Jesus said he was the resurrection and the life, so it's in Him. Resurrection power is in Him, and I'm just thinking about all the resurrections and that have been the resurrections in the Old Testament. I could hear somebody saying, "Who was raised in, from the dead in the in the Old Testament?" I'll tell you, Elijah raised uh, uh, the widow, the Seraphin widow. He raised her son from the dead. Shunammite. No. No? That that was Elijah.
0: Oh, my goodness. You got two of the resurrections right there. And
1: Elisha, he raised uh, the Shunammite woman's son from the dead. And then when... These travelers of Moab were traveling and Elisha, his dead bones were in his grave and they didn't know what to do. So these, these Moabites, they just threw one of their men into A the dead, grave dead man. of Elisha.
0: And when he touched Elisha's bones, bones,
1: he was raised from the dead. Well,
0: that's the three resurrections in the Old Testament. But hey, I want to... I want, we but need, that's
1: so powerful. It Rick. is powerful.
0: But what I want us to get... Is that everybody's gonna be, those people all died again. But we're talking about future resurrection. It's in my future. There's two things in your future, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Number one, there's a funeral in your future, unless Jesus comes for the church first. If Jesus didn't come first, there's a funeral in your future. And there is a resurrection in your future, guaranteed to every man on the face of the earth. But Jesus said there will be the resurrection of the righteous that saved people that have made Jesus the Lord of their life unto life. Well, the first time that's going to happen is simultaneous with the rapture of the church. So if you're alive right now, your resurrection is going to occur synchronized with the rapture of the church. And the Apostle Paul refers to this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. So let's look at it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. Well, let's begin in verse 15. He says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the cunning of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Here we have it. This is the dead in Christ, or the righteous, who are going to be raised to life. And the Bible says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So you find the rapture and the first resurrection happen at one moment, but the dead are first. The righteous dead will be raised first. That is a guarantee. Paul teaches it again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look at that one. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 53. Paul says, For behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Everybody. In a moment, in the twinkling of eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. There you have it twice from the pen of the apostle Paul, the righteous, are going to be raised from the dead at the moment that the rapture takes place. Then when you come to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, the Bible tells us what will happen to our physical bodies in the resurrection. Listen to what he says. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, which means in the resurrection from the dead, the human body is going to change. And in fact, when you really read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when it says we're going to be raised incorruptible, that word incorruptible describes something that no longer shows the effects of wear, tear, and age, where I say that in the resurrection we're going to all get the ultimate body lift, facelift, body lift, everything is going to be fixed. We're going to be better than we've ever been. We're going to get a brand new resurrection body. That is in our future if we are righteous. Isn't that awesome, Denise?
1: Oh, it's awesome.
0: It's amazing. But let's go on. The second resurrection for the righteous. When's that going to happen? It's going to happen in the tribu- because of the tribulation. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, listen to what the Bible says. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. This is people that are going to die for their faith during the great tribulation, people that are saved after the rapture. And for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years." So there is a resurrection of those that are alive right now at the time of the rapture. But hey, after the rapture, people are going to continue to get saved. They're going to continue to get saved. The Holy Spirit's going to continue to work. Many, many, many of them are going to die. They're going to be beheaded. That's what the Bible says. And they will also be raised to life. But there is another resurrection. And the next one is absolutely terrifying. And we read about it in Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 and 15. And this is the resurrection of the ungodly, and this will happen at the very end of the millennial reign of Jesus. At the very, very end. It says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell, even hell, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This resurrection of the unjust, the unsaved, the unrighteous, is going to occur at the very end of the millennial reign of Jesus and all of the ungodly dead are going to be brought before the great white throne judgment. Now, you and I will never stand before the great white throne. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow night. Oh my goodness, tomorrow night is going to be so powerful. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that will occur immediately after the rapture of the church. Immediately. Immediately. You know, The tribulation is seven years, and during the tribulation there's going to be the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven, and there's going to be the judgment seat of Christ. I personally believe it's going to take about seven years for every believer to come before Jesus to give account for his life. But we're not going to give account for the bad things we did because they're all under the blood. We're going to give account for how we walked in obedience and did we do what Jesus asked us to do. The judgment seat of Christ is not a place where believers are going to be beaten or berated. It's a place where our rewards will be designated. It is a place of designation. But the great white throne judgment, that is a terrible place. And if you know Jesus as Lord, you will never stand before the great white throne judgment. You're only going to stand before one throne. If you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you will not stand before the great white throne judgment. If you are not a Christian, you will definitely stand before the great white throne judgment. And it's a horrible thing. The books are going to be opened, and every person is going to be judged according to the books, and they will be cast into the lake of fire. Isn't that amazing, Denise?
1: It's, it's awful.
0: It's just, it's amazing to me. And you say, well, Rick, why do we need to know this? Well, my goodness, I hope it's clear. We need to understand that hell is a reality. Life and death is a reality. Judgment is a reality. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard anybody teach on this from the pulpit? Would you go online and tell me? I want to know. Have you heard anybody teach you on future resurrections from your pulpit? Well, don't you think it's something that you ought to hear? Look how important this is. You have to decide whether you're gonna stand before the first throne or the second throne, whether you wanna be included in the resurrection of the dead at the time of the rapture, or whether you wanna wait and be raised with all the ungodly at the end of the age. And you know what? There's a phrase that people use now, and Denise, you and I have never discussed this, but I really don't like it. You know, all the vocabulary today is changing. Everybody's changing their terminology. And one thing they've changed I really don't like is people don't use the word dead anymore. Instead they say, oh, my neighbor passed. Okay. Does that mean he died? Where did he pass to? I just recently heard somebody say, well, I have a friend that transitioned. People are trying to avoid the reality of death. There's nothing wrong with saying, I have a friend that died. They didn't pass. They died. But hey, They are somewhere. They did pass somewhere. But don't try to nullify the pain of reality. People die. There is a future for all of us. There's a death. There's a funeral in our future. And beyond that, there is a resurrection. That's guaranteed. But Denise, it just kind of bothers me when I hear people say, well, such and such passed. Well, such and such transitioned. People are trying to somehow numb themselves to the reality that there's a death in all of our futures. People don't just, unsaved people don't just pass. It's not good. They pass into something terrible. They don't just transition out into this cosmos and universal Christ consciousness somewhere in the universe. Yeah, they're passing and they're transitioning into our really bad place if they don't know Christ. And I want to advise you that if you use that language, go back to the word died. It's okay to confront people with the reality of death. The gospel gives us hope. We don't have to be afraid. There's a resurrection if you're righteous. There's a great resurrection in front of you. There's death and there's a resurrection. In John 11, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am stand up again power. He is going to gloriously raise us from the dead. Boom. In the very moment when he comes for the church, the dead are going to be raised first, Denise.
1: Well, I'm thinking about that he said he gives us the spirit of resurrection. It's inside of us. So guess we're going to be raised from the dead isn't it? because glorious. it's inside of us. Isn't it
0: glorious? It's thing.
1: a deposit that he put inside of us. But through the, through the new birth, through the Holy Spirit coming into us, the deposit of resurrection is inside of there too.
0: And, you know, when you understand what the Bible teaches about resurrection, then you look at death differently. I think about when my daddy died, whenever your daddy died, our relatives have died, we look into the coffin, they're not there. And you know, as much as you love that body, when you look into that body, there is such a disconnect with that body because you know the real person's not there, and one day they're going to be raised in a brand new body. It's not even going to look like that. It's not just going to be new and improved. It's going to be incorruptible. A body that will never again show the effects of wear, tear, and age. A glorious body conformed to his own resurrection body. It is going to be amazing what is in our future. And that's why this is such an important doctrine for you to understand. Everybody's going to be raised from the dead. People just have to choose which resurrection they want. Better the first than the second. Jesus said in John 5, 29, Those that are righteous are going to be raised to life. Those that are unrighteous are going to be raised to damnation. Of course, we need to understand this. If you understand it, then it will awaken you to your need to tell people about Jesus. But when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see what the Bible says about eternal judgment. Because that's doctrine number six in Hebrews chapter six. But we're out of time. Please write us at prayer at renter.org if you need prayer or call us one 800 742 5593, and please go to renter.org and get your free download. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.